right. I sent out a, an email, and I know all of you always read all of your emails because I know we all do that. And I asked Vera this morning, I said, Vera, there were no questions that came in. Why is that? She said, it's because you're doing such a good job. And I said, I don't believe it. I don't believe that. Uh, she said, well, it's probably them because they didn't want to be anonymous in asking their questions. They wanted to come in and ask their questions in front of everybody. So I said, I, that sounds good to me. I'm, I'm, I'm game for that. So anyway, I got some stuff to share, and we will do that. But I, I really want to, and I, and I say this, I've said it several times, she said, Ron, Ron, she said, you'll be good for one question. Yeah, I'm good. So um, anyway, if, 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 if you don't have one, then work on it. Work on it. Um, but, but part of it is, is just thinking, you know, what's, what's going on in your mind? And I know that part of, of where I come from in this whole thing is having served in biblical counseling at an office and people making appointments and all that kind of stuff, and, you know, coming from a pastoral type of a uh, thing, and, and knowing that that's different uh, for, for probably many of you in, in some ways, and yet I look at Steve over here, and, um, you know, I know he teaches a life group, so he's really, and he's not the only one, but, you know, he's in that leadership kind of pastoral role to where um, some of that applies. So anyway, um, are there questions that you have been wanting to ask uh, in any way that relate to the whole idea, uh, philosophy, approach, whatever, uh, of what we have been calling biblical counseling. I'm going to get a drink of water while y'all get ready to raise your hands. All right, Ron, it seems like it may. Oh, yes, ma'am. Okay. I can't either. Yeah. Yes, it does, and that is a fantastic question. Uh, in case you didn't hear that, uh, he's asking kind of like, uh, what do you do with people, the, the uh, psychological, when somebody's been d diagnosed 
uh, with a psychological disorder such as narcissistic personality disorder? Is that what you, you said? Well, she hasn't been diagnosed with that. Yeah, but, but you know, if... If she was to be diagnosed, I can tell you, she would be diagnosed Right, that if someone is going to a, um, a psychologist uh, or psychiatrist, then, you know, they're, 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 they're going to do something with that. Somebody is coming in and seeing them, they're, they're coming up to some uh, evaluation of, okay, you're coming in, you got this problem. Now, what is the problem and what are we going to do with that? Um, it's just a big and fascinating type, type thing. Um, first of all, you know, as far as uh, psychiatrists and, uh, uh, and, and people like that, that there are uh, some that are, are really good and there are some uh, that are, are, are what? Be sweet. Be sweet, yeah. Uh, well, you know, I'm, I, I'm, I'm trying to even qualify that. Um, I, I think of one, I'm not going to call him by name. He, he loves the Lord, is a very committed Christian, and really integrates uh, a lot of Scripture into what he is doing. Uh, part of it has to do with people who are, I think the word is certified. They are legal counsel Um uh, a counselor, and you know they have been certified by the state, and all these types of things. What we do here, we totally ignore the state. You know, if you come in and you say I'm wrestling with homosexuality, we're going to call it a sin. We're going to be loving and kind, and you know I'm thinking about having a, you know, a, a sex change operation or whatever. Uh, we're we're going to say no. You know, that's wrong, that's sin, that's perverted, that's not the will of God. Uh, we're going to do it lovingly, caringly. When I say we, you know, biblical counseling. Uh, if you go to see a certified counselor, and there's, well, do you know, is there other word than certified? Licensed, licensed um, thing. There are, are state laws that apply to what they can say and what they can't say, you know, to what they can do and can't do. Now, I don't know all of total the ins and outs of that, but part of that, they're, they're going to come at things from a different angle. Now, part of that also has to do with training. And all of us, as we are trained under different things, it's kind of like you um, you know, coming to, to Bellevue Baptist Church, you are being trained, you are being educated, you are getting a certain perspective upon God and life uh, because you are sitting under someone who preaches the Word of God, and even in a particular uh, way. Uh, if you went to Grace uh, Community Church where John MacArthur is, uh, a man who loves the Lord and all that kind of stuff, you're going to be getting a different type of a, uh, you're going to be exposed to a different type of perspective on the Word of God, uh, even in, in that church, uh, than here and at some other churches that are, you know, good Bible-believing churches, but maybe a little bit more charismatic or whatever, and I'm not saying that in a, you know, wrong or dirty way or whatever. I'm just saying it's just different. Um, and so if someone is has gotten trained primarily at a, uh, at a at a secular institution, then they are trained to see things in a um, the the whole psychological disorder symptoms, and there's a word for that, and I can't even remember what, what, what some of those words are. I went to Mid-America Seminary, and when I was there, um, which was a long, long time ago, um, we were, our, our training was biblical, yet, yeah, 
and somewhat psychological at the same time. There was not a, a, as much of a, of a clearly defined line as, or, or, you know, if I'm just saying and trying to balance it out, and, and, and I'm just, I don't even know if I want this being recorded, but anyway, um, it, it was, um, it, you know, the, the, the Bible was the final authority but yet there was a lot of psychology that was woven in there. Um, going to Southern Seminary to get my D-men, and basically where Jamie and the biblical counseling department are coming from, those are going to be pretty much hand-in-hand hand, um, in that, as I've shared with you, Stuart Scott made this statement on the very first day of Scripture. The battle over the inspiration and authority of Scripture has been fought and won. The battle over the sufficiency of Scripture is still being fought. Um, and so we are going to look at it as saying, if we had nothing else but the Word of God, that is sufficient. That is all that we ultimately need. Uh, and we don't need these other uh, terms and labels and type things that are out there. Is that still making sense? What about what? Drugs. Let me get to drugs. Thank you for bringing that up, though. Um, okay. Don't let me forget drugs. Um, <clears throat> where was I? Yes, yes. Uh, but okay, we're still we're still under we're, we're we're under training, and if someone goes to uh, as a believer, there are a lot of uh, evangelical seminaries, good seminaries, Bible believing seminaries, that are going to be uh, more. There's going to be a psychological slant there because they are going to be pushing their people towards uh, getting licensed because they're not as much trying to send people necessarily from that into the church as they are uh, sending them out as biblical counselors into the world uh, and working at Christian places. So... That's part of where the, the terms and, and different viewpoints come in. And then especially if I'm a lost guy, if I'm a lost psychiatrist, uh, or, 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 or do what? Well, you know, either lost worldly or, or not a you know, committed Christian. I'm a, I'm a member of a church, but, you know, if, bless that poor pastor's heart. If he just knew, you know, what I knew, then, you know, he wouldn't be like that. Uh, and so if they've, if they've got that training and, and if they're lost and not committed to Christ and, and those types of things, then they are especially going to see uh, that the answer uh, is in, in people understanding uh, and being diagnosed with particular, with the orders that they have. Uh, but the thing is, the, 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 the problem is not, it, it basically from a humanistic, secular point of view, it never goes back to a sin problem. I don't know if it never is too strong, but I think that's an okay term. Um, I mean, just trying to be honest in all this, if I had a, 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 a psychiatric uh, man here, I, I want to speak in, in, in the same way that if he were there. Um, but they, they see that there's two different problems. We see it that, that, that we were made to have a relationship with God. Uh, that's what we were created for. And then when we come to Christ as Lord and Savior, and we're born again, uh, and Christ comes to live in our heart, we become a brand new man, we get a brand new heart, 
Um, and, and, but we have to learn to live under the lordship of Christ, the filling of the spirit of God, and be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Well, if you are a lost or secular, you may be a, 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 a believing Christian, but you have committed yourself. Uh, you know, you've gotten this training and this is where, you know, that's pretty much where you are. Then you're not going to see that the answer is, is Christ, the Holy Spirit, the Word of God, and, and those types of things. And you're definitely not going to see and think that there is a demonic aspect to this, that there is a spirit of fear. There's a spirit of heaviness. Uh, there is a, uh, 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 you know, uh, uh, a spirit of harlotry. There is a, uh, 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 all of those spirits, that's just, you know, that's just Old Testament Bible things. That's not a, a present reality. Um, I think the proper approach to that, and I kind of hinted at it the, the first time, the, when I saw the guy with the borderline personality disorder, um, I won't say I confronted him, um, but I, I, I took a, a stronger stance probably than I would nowadays, and I think that would be especially wise for you. He came in to see me, so I was kind of in a place of, I don't like to use this word, but anyway, I was kind of in, in a place of authority, you know, to say, hey, you know, uh, this is where I'm coming from, and, and we're going to do it differently, and are you open to that? For someone that you might be seeing, or any of you might see, you know, with borderline personality disorder, or the personality, narcissistic personality disorder, or, you know, an anxiety disorder, and those types of things, is not necessarily to take on, no, all of that stuff that you've been told by, you know, Dr. Jones is just error and trash, and he's lost and, you know, anti-God and all that kind of stuff. I don't think we, we necessarily confront that as much as just try to, you know, to, to get in there. You know, I, I guess, I don't know why I would I'd say this. It's kind of like the stumps in the field. You know, you got a stump in the field. Um, but Robert's got a farm. And uh, so anyway, um, down in Mississippi. So, you know, you can just take that thing on and hook a chain to it and you can just kind of jerk it up. Or I guess you can just kind of plow around it uh, or whatever for a few years and just see if it just kind of is a little bit easier to, uh, to pull up. Robert said, put a piece of dynamite under it and be done with it. I don't know. Um, but I, I think I would not as much take that on as try to, to utilize at least some of what they are saying to, um, uh, to say there's a problem with you being narcissistic. You know, you are a selfish, self-centered, and you see the world revolving around you. Uh, and to ask questions as, you know, as I was reading my Bible the other day, and, you know, however the wise way to, to, to address that, to say, um, you know, there's a neat verse at the, uh, in Romans 11, I think it's Romans 11, that says, um, you know, God, uh, of you and through you and to you are all things. That may be Revelation. I can't remember. But anyway, if I was going to tell somebody, I would, you know, look it up first. But when you when when God's word says that, how do you think that should become a part of our lives? Um, so we can piggyback on this whole thing at least for a while um, until you know there's a time to do something. I got a story that goes with that. But you had a did you have a question along that line?
we can't jump there all the time. So what are some different phases that we can jump from the eight to get to the 25? It's going to be pretty familiar. What are the common grounds? What do we talk about? How do we approach it, whether it's self-centered or, or, or vocal or whatever? What, what, you know, we go to the marriage seminar. You, you see what I'm saying? So do, do you do what? Yeah. Right. But at the same time, what I did with him was as he and I just said, and as somebody asked you, so okay, I've got this thing I've been diagnosed with, you know, such and such. Uh, well, explain to me what does that mean. Uh, and when I asked the guy about personality, uh, uh, borderline personality disorder, he said, you know, one of the, the chief, you know, ways you know that are just the outburst of anger that I have. Uh, and his wife was with him, and I said, tell me about those outbursts. He said, there are times I just, I just lose it, and I hit, hit my fist into the wall. And, uh, you know, I said, have you ever been violent towards your wife? He said, no, 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 I never done that and she said no he's never done that he just blows up and he has these outbursts of anger and I just you know the spirit of God that's, that's part of the value of just of reading the word of God you don't have to be a theologian or whatever I just thought outburst of anger where might outburst of anger in the Bible be a phrase where it says that do what in the heart there's a Galatians, Galatians, yes, Galatians 5. Let's look at Galatians 5, just, just real quickly, just using this uh, as an example. Let me see if I can... Um... Yeah, my, my other verse, as I was talking about, Romans eleven thirty six says, For from him and through him and to him are all things, to him be the glory forever. Now, I just use this one. We can use this one right here with the whole narcissistic thing, to be able to say, as I was reading my Bible the other day, I, I, you know, I think you, you want to be wise as a serpent and harmless as a dove. I guess, you know, do you, somebody tells you that, do you just want to say, you know, well, here's a verse and God wants you to have it. You know, I don't know. I, I, I think to be as unoffensive as possible uh, if they're offended by the word of God, that's okay. I can't help that. If they're offended by the cross, I, I can't help that. I just want to make sure as much as I possibly can that they're not offended at me. So this person, you go there and you just start um, thinking, I'm just, I'm just curious. And then you talk about yourself to say, you know, I have realized, and especially as I've gotten older, as I have kids or whatever, how selfish and self-centered I am. I have a tendency to think that, that the world revolves around me. Um, you know, when I go into church on Sunday morning, I'm thinking, who's talking to me? Uh, it's not that I'm looking for other people to minister to. I just, you know, whatever it may be that you just are communicating. I got in a disagreement with my husband or wife or, or whatever you're just trying to express Pride and self-centeredness is something that you wrestle with and that you are, are taking steps to, to die to the flesh and, and live to, to God. Why, why, is, why is what a problem? Oh, as we're talking about the narcissistic personality disorder. Yeah, how, how people are treating me. They're not uh, bowing to my command. So why is that a problem? Or how do you expect, why do you expect that to happen? So we just begin to drill down and peel back what they're really thinking in the foundation so that you'll have something to work on because you could just be chasing it and not get anywhere. Does that make sense? Like that read, that, you know, I don't believe the Bible. 
Yeah. And and I think part of that goes back to just some very key verses. Uh, uh, it was a very easy one for me to go to. Uh, Jeremiah 2.13, uh, which says what? Kind of paraphrase that. Anybody remember? Yeah, that's pretty close. <laughs> like word for word. <laughs> Very good. Very good. And, 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 hey, I'll just throw in in case you wonder. I mean, yeah, Bill, you talked about that last week, but do you ever use that? Or is that, you know, is that does that work in the real world? This past week, I was the, uh, the minister. There are seven of us, I believe, that have what you call the crisis pager. And that particularly... Uh, deals with suicide as much as anything else, that if we get a call that we think that there's somebody there that is threatening or, or talking about suicide. Um, so call came in to biblical counseling and a man wanted to see, make an appointment with somebody and he just said, my world is falling apart and he was just, you know, not quite screaming and whatever, but he was just absolutely torn up. I mean, this was not just a, uh, yes, I, I need to make an appointment. There was just the emotion that was involved in that. And so she put him through to one of the ministers, and he talked to him for just a moment and just said, you know, my world is falling apart. My world is coming to an end and on and on and on and then just hung up. Well, he tried to call him back because the, the uh, 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 lady in biblical counseling had gotten his number, tried to call him back, tried to call him back several times, and he never answered. So he's thinking, okay, you know, is this somebody that's just at the end of his rope? And, uh, you know, he's talking about his wife is leaving him and, and on and on and on. Um, and so we decided that we needed to call the... Memphis City Police, uh, we got his address uh, and were able to um, uh, send somebody over there to, uh, to do a wellness check. Well, while all that was going on, he ended up calling back um, and then it, it got transferred to me. And so I'm talking to him and he's talking about his wife and on and on and on and just, you know, all kinds of of marriage stuff so horrible and 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 on and on and so I make a long long story short I said would you take your Bible and open it to Jeremiah chapter 2 verse and and anyway I walked him through that thing uh, that verse just trying to help him to see that I said if your wife were to tell you that she is rejecting you, that she is forsaking you, and that she's going to some other man and this and that. He said, how would you f how, ask, how would you feel? He said, well, I'd almost feel relieved. He said, it just kind of seems like she's there. I think that's going on, but, you know, it is just, it is that bad. So we spent a l quite a bit of time just talking about he was a believer. I talked to him about that. I, I'm, I, I felt sure that, that he was a believer, but just trying to say, hey, as you are grieved and hurt, and we looked at the verse in Ezekiel. Um, uh, gave him both of those. He had a Bible. He looked at them. As you are hurt, in some mysterious way, God said that he is hurt, bruised, crushed. When you are telling him, God, you're not enough, my wife, because my wife is not doing what she needs to do in this relationship, and therefore, God, I have no satisfaction, and I can have no satisfaction because of her. And Lord, you're not enough to satisfy my heart and soul. And he went, wow. I hadn't thought of it like that. And um, so anyway, he had an appointment. He came in the next day and saw someone. So um Practical. Some of those things of really helping people to dig down to the practicality 
um, of what is going on. Now, I will tell you, I think it fits. Um, <laughs> when I was at uh, uh, on staff at First Baptist Gardendale, uh, I had not been there, uh, I don't think, more than a month or two. And I was uh, working in pastoral care, oversaw pastoral care. And there, but my office was real close to the finance office. And so there was a lady who stuck her head in the door and said, hey, uh, she called her a lady's name. I'll just call her Sue. Um, lady is, you know, it sounds too much like the Johnny Cash song, you know, uh, I'll, I'll call her Betty. Uh, so anyway, uh, there's a lady named Betty on the phone. She's a church member. She just has a lot of struggles in her life. And, uh, and most of the time, uh, she'll talk to David Jett or one of the other pastors. Uh, that's, there was one pastor that was involved in counseling, and they're all on vacation or whatever. Uh, would you be willing to talk to her? And I said, sure. So she put her through to me. I talked to her, and she said, you know, I'm just, um, I'm, I'm just struggling. I'm having such a hard time. <laughs> I'm, I'm not laughing at that. I, she said, I'm having such a hard time and, and this and that. And she went on and on and on and told me about it. And I said, well, would you take a Bible? Do you have a Bible? And she said, yes, I do. And I said, um, and I don't know if I'd necessarily do it totally like this right now. But anyway, at that point in time, uh, I said, well, take your Bible and I want you to open it to... Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, and we're going to start looking at verse 3. Verse 3 says, For though uh, we uh, uh, walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh, for the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but, but are uh, divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. And we are destroying speculations. And that's part of what, what is going on in her mind. Speculations in every lofty thing that is raised up against the knowledge of God. And I said, so what I really want to encourage you to do is to realize that the Lord uh, expects you to take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. And if you have a thought and you realize this is not a thought that is in line with the Word of God, and this is not a thought that Jesus would have me to have, that you need to, you know, you can reject that thought, but you take that thought captive and say, you know, God, I, I reject that thought. And that's a couple of other things. And she said, now hang on. She said, are you saying that you're telling me that that I'm responsible for every thought that I have and that I am to do something to reject those bad thoughts. And I'm going, hallelujah, we are, you know, blessed God. I'm a lot better today than what I thought I was. Uh, and she said, and, and I said, yes, ma'am. She said, I cannot believe, I mean, just all of a sudden this anger, I cannot believe you have said that. That is that is so against everything. I have been seeing a counselor for the last six months, and he has told me he understands, and I, you know, my thoughts are, are not my fault, and they are because of my childhood and all of these other things that I've been going. And what you are saying is totally contrary to everything that my counselor has been telling me, and I'm, go I'm going to call Steve Gaines up right now and tell him that what you have said. And if I hadn't known Steve Gaines so well, I'd been a little bit concerned. But I thought, lady, he's going to say it to you a whole lot stronger than I am. And I don't even know why you're bringing his name up. Uh, so anyway, she ended up hanging up and, uh, uh, and then ended up when David Jett got off of vacation. turns out that he had reported me to her too. And David had said, ma'am, he's right in what he's saying and your counselor is, is wrong. Go forward six years. I'm getting ready to leave Gardendale, getting ready to come up here at Bellevue, and have moved over. I think I'm doing something different uh, at church at this point in time. Maybe I'm still over pastoral care. I can't remember. Uh, but anyway, um, my secretary says, 
hey, Betty, I don't know if you remember Betty. Betty's been around here for a long time, and Betty's had a lot of struggles, uh, is on the line and wants to talk to you. I'm going, <laughs> I can't get out of town without talking to Betty. And uh, uh, I said, put her through. And so she got, you know, I talked to her for a second. She said, do you remember me? I said, yes, ma'am, I sure do. I hadn't seen her or talked to her. I, 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 I knew nothing. She said, well, we had that conversation, and I know I really, really got upset and yelled at you and probably said all kinds of things. Uh, I said, yeah, you, you're right. Um, she said, I want you to know that, and I don't know why she never told me or anybody else before. She said, I want you to know that what you said was a real fork in the road in my life. And it really made me question you know, was my counselor, my psychiatrist telling me the truth or were you and the word of God telling me the truth? And she said, I should have gotten back to you before now, but I knew you were leaving and I didn't want you to leave without me getting back and telling you, thank you for what you said and what you said has made a difference in my life. Um, so, you know, I don't know what that means, but that's... Uh, do what? <laughs> that's true. That is, that, is, that is very true. So, you know, it, it's sometimes... Going with the Word of God uh, is always what um, we need to do. And, in, and again, if there was, you know, Dr. So-and-so, a psychiatrist over here... Uh, do we have an amber alert? Because my phone is ringing too. Or maybe not. Maybe it's just something else. Um, no. Um, but you, I would rather, and again, if, if Dr. Psychiatrist is sitting right here, I would say in, in, in obedience to the word of God, I would rather have someone giving biblical advice from the Word of God uh, than someone who is not uh, uh, bowing to the authority of the Word of God and the, 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 the problems that people are having. So I think you can help this person. Okay. Um, drugs. How about drugs? Somebody comes in and tells you they are taking, you know, whatever it may be. Um, now, this was an, a fascinating thing. I don't think I've told you this. Um, you know, I taught this whole thing um, when um, the, the first time as I was getting my, my doctor of ministry uh, in biblical counseling from Southern. David, I think you were in there. Weren't you in that first group? And you were also in there with uh, Robert Brown, Robert Okay. Oh, he did it another time? Okay, so I, I, this must be the third time I've done this. But anyway, I'm going over one, one of the times we ended up talking about uh, how, you know, how about drugs? How about prescription medication? And so, Dr. It is Robert Brown, isn't it? Richard Brown. Dr. Richard Brown, at that point in time, was the, the head of the pharmacology department at the University of Tennessee Health Science. So I'm talking about drugs. I can't even pronounce their names, okay? You know, just those long things. Much less know what they do. And so I've got this guy sitting out here, and I can remember going, okay, I wonder how this is going to go. But basically I said, um, since, since I have no control, I have no involvement in those things uh, in any shape, form, or fashion. I'm never going to tell someone that, you know, I think you need to stop taking drugs uh, or whatever prescription medication that you are on. Um, I, I, I don't know what would happen if they do and those types of things. So I, I'm very, uh, you know, I, I will stay back from, from giving direct counsel to that. Um, 
I think that there is definitely a place. I can remember in biblical counseling, we did have some people come in and they were just so wrought up. I mean, they were just so, you know, just just at the end of themselves. I mean, it was just like their their uh, their their minds, not their brain. There's a difference between a person's brain and their mind. Uh, the brain is physiological. The mind is physiological and spiritual and mental and emotional and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, or the mind and the heart. But there are some there are times that people would come in and they've just been so torn up for so long. One of the things that we would encourage people to do is say, have you had a physical lately? Uh, because the body definitely does things. If you've got something going on in your body, uh, but hormones and all kinds of other stuff, uh, then, then it affects you. It just does. It has a, a literal effect on you. And so we would encourage people to have a physical and, um, you know, if the, uh, and then especially if there'd just been a world of anxiety or grief and anger and all that kind of stuff, while we would never say, hey, I think you need to ask the doctor to put you on so-and-so, again, because that's, that's not my call. Um, I think there's a place for that. If you've got a, if you've got a broken leg um, and, and you come in here and you're on crutches, I'm not going to say, well, you just need to have more faith and, you know, get off crutches. No, you've got a broken leg. You have a physiological problem. This is not a spiritual problem. This is not a mental problem. This is a physiological problem you have here. And so that there is definitely a place, uh, in my opinion, for those. But just like crutches, just because you came in here tonight on crutches, and you may come in next Wednesday and the Wednesday after that and the Wednesday after that, it doesn't mean necessarily, uh, in, 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 in my opinion or understanding, that you're going to be on crutches for the rest of your life. And so if somebody expresses a thing, well, the doctor has put me on crutches, how long has he said you're going to be on them? Well, he hadn't said. Well, I think it's a fair thing to ask the doctor. You know, you put me on crutches. How long do I need to be on crutches? I don't know if I want to be on crutches for, you know, the next six months or the next year or for the rest of my life. I, I, I would like to be off crutches if at all possible and, you know, be living as I was before I got on crutches. Again, I can't answer those questions but as they come up, those are questions that I would, um, would ask or would um, or answer, try to, try to weave in. Um, again, because, I mean, I have known people that have, you know, been on something for a while, and it has helped them. Uh, it has calmed them down. It has done something or another um, to put them in a place to where they are in more of a, of a rational mind. But again, do you need to be on that for the rest of your life? Uh, not a call that I can totally make, but I think it's a call that somebody can um, look at, question, examine, and talk to that person who has put them on that. Did that answer the drug problem? Any other drug questions that we have in here or things? Rosemary, you took your glasses off like you had a question.
Yeah, boy, alcohol is tough, man. That is just tough because it is a, you know, a, a spiritual, physical, and mental type of thing. It's all of those things. It is, you know, it's it, it's an idol. It is a thing that you run to, and um, um, but. Yeah. It really is. It is a um, um, extremely hard thing. Uh, I told you I'd tell you a story. The thing that I would uh, told you about the lady in Gardendale was not it. Um, what do you do? I mean, you know, are there highs and lows in in counseling people? Um, I can remember there was a um, a guy that came into biblical counseling and. Uh, I think Melissa Fur was the one. I don't know if y'all know Melissa. Anyway, uh, husband Ed, the deacon here. And so um, she came back to my office and she said, there's somebody to see you. And he's really scary. I'm going, what do you mean? She said, I just let you see him when he comes and uh, just kind of know. And do we need to call security to, to stand outside your door? I went, I don't think so, but, you know, if you feel so led, I'm not going to argue with you. And uh, so, anyway, I went out and got him, and there was a guy that uh, came back. Big old guy. Big. I mean, 6'4", six, 6'5". Six, big guy. Strong, skinhead-looking person, and especially with all of the tattoos. Um, I don't have a problem with tattoos. I, You know, I guess... 20, 30, 40 years ago, I may, I don't care now. Uh, but, you know, all over your face and things, and uh, big guy, huge hands, and he, you know, sat down, put his hand, he had death tattooed on his uh, knuckles right here. Just, you know, big guy, and he was scary. It's probably the only time uh, that I counseled somebody, I thought, I think if this guy wanted to kill me, he probably could and uh, had spent time in jail. And um, so we talked, ended up, I don't think the first time, maybe the second or third time I saw him uh, getting to lead him to the Lord. And, and boy, when he prayed, he just, man, I mean, you talk about just, you know, broken, uh, a broken person. Uh, he did had almost a photographic memory. I mean, I got a decent memory, but this is a guy that I would give verses to. You know, I want you to memorize these two verses. And he'd come in, he'd have five or six, two or three verses before and the two or three verses afterwards memorized in no time. I mean, you know, I'd give them to him and he'd come in, he'd have those, he'd had other verses memorized. Uh, I would be talking to him about stuff. He'd start quoting some other verses where he had been reading his Bible. Uh, I mean, somebody that's just transformed. Had a bad problem with drinking. Uh, alcohol was a huge thing uh, in his life. Drugs were a huge thing in his life. Uh, was getting over... Was he divorced at the time? Maybe going through the divorce? I can't remember. Uh, uh, wife lived in 
Middle Tennessee. I don't think they were divorced yet because some guy had uh, moved in with her. And I saw him several times. And in one of those instances, he said, you know, I could go up there and take care of this thing myself. I, could, I can deal with him. Uh, I mean, to where he's not around uh, anymore in this world. To, um, and I go, no, 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 no. And you can't tell me any of that stuff because I, you know, I, I have responsibilities to report things. And, you know, well, I wouldn't really do it. <sighs> you know, um, on and on and on. A huge, huge, just awesome transformation uh, that went on for months. Um, Steve ended up. I told Steve about him, and he came forward one day for prayer or whatever, and Steve talked to him, had him get up on the platform and, and just talk about what God had done in his life and get him to share a word of testimony. And um, But just never was quite able to make the break from alcohol and and drugs you know it's just a little bit what well, you know i had one joint last week you know i had two or three beers last week i mean this is a guy who's just been consumed with all of that and um then after a while and he was being discipled by uh somebody else here in church loves the lord just really committed but just slowly he started to drift i mean this is somebody huge awesome for weeks and months transformation and um and i'd see him around he stopped coming in because i had done basically what i needed to do and somebody was discipling him and really doing a great job and doing what needed to be done and i had other people i needed to see so i felt like i'd done what i needed to do um and um the guy that was discipling him um, ended up telling me afterwards. Uh, he said, have you, um, um, tell me about this girl you've been dating and, uh, you know, is she a believer? He said, no. He said, well, he said, yeah, you sure? Yeah, yeah, no, she's not a believer. He said, well, you don't need to be, you know, you don't need to be involved in a relationship with her. You need to share the gospel with her one time and then if she's not willing to make a commitment to christ you're out of there and um he said i'll try and so he never heard from didn't hear from him for weeks oh, oh. he said this he said i know this he said i know that god does not want me involved in the relationship with her and i think god will probably kill me um if if I don't do that, but I don't know if I can. I'm going to try. And he never ended up getting back in touch with the guy. I mean, he would call him and try every way possible to reach out. Um, and then we found out um, along the way that he'd been in a car wreck um, and uh, uh, was killed. And um, he found out from somebody else about you know, what was going on. He said it was in, at their engagement party, this girl, that he said, I know God does not want me involved with this girl. I think he'll probably kill me uh, if I don't break that off. Uh, was involved. They were both in the car and, uh, and were killed. So I say, counseling is um, sharing your heart, sharing the word of God, uh, seeing the spirit of god move um, is not always neat and clean and tidy and there are ups and downs in people's lives that we're working with just as there are in us you know i'm sitting looking at a whole lot of folks with a whole lot of knowledge but you have ups and downs you know in your life and days and maybe seasons of life that are you know this is hard and you didn't have the baggage that this guy had I mean, he had bad, bad baggage and been to jail and all of this kind of stuff. So I'm just saying, you know, we do what God has called us to do. We love, we pray. 
Now I can tell you about other people, and I'll try to tell you about those somewhere along the way too, you know, that God has transformed their lives. It's kind of like this borderline personality disorder. Uh, today, he's doing great. Man, he's doing great. He loves the Lord. He's serving God. Uh, he and his wife, and, you know, they're, they're just doing fantastic. Um, so it's just about us being faithful. Uh, it's about us not realizing that we can make cisterns out of counseling and sharing with people. Uh, we can make that a cistern. Well, that's just what I do. I'm good at it. I like doing it, all this other kind of stuff. That's not the issue. The Lord himself is the fountain of living water, um, not anyone or anything else. Yeah, I, I don't think there's I don't think there's an easy answer to it. It just it hurts. It's disappointing. It's frustrating, and you know I think that's just the way it is. I think we're supposed to love people, and you know Paul talks about carrying the burden, the weight of the church. I don't think those are the words, but you know something in Corinthians about what's on me is the daily you know, care, concern, or whatever of the church. And um, so I think to some extent, if, if we're trying to pour our life into people and, and they don't get it and they, you know, walk away or whatever, if, if it doesn't hurt some, then that's probably not good. It just means that it was, it didn't mean that much to our hearts. It's just, but at the same time, you, you, you have to realize that um, there's only one hero. It's not me or you. It's Jesus. He's the hero, not us. You know? So we just, we're pointing people to him. And, um, and I think we just learn, try to learn and grow. Okay, Lord, should I have done something differently? Um, you know, looking back with that guy, should I have gotten more into you know some things about spiritual warfare and we'll talk about that some too as far as demonic spirits and breaking those strongholds and things should i have done more than that because i can't remember a lot of these things run together um, over the time but try to learn to live and grow but let go great I do think, and I, I agree with you, I agree with, with what you're saying. I do think most of us can help more people than what we think. I think we have such a, a tendency, such a bias to recommend them to a counselor, whether it's biblical counseling or someone more qualified than me. Uh, that's just a natural thing. And we can talk about that more uh, next week or whatever. Uh, Quick question, uh, be honest, 
This is a little bit different than what we have been doing. Uh, but is this helpful? Is it, if you say, if this is helpful, raise your hand. Uh, this was not helpful, raise your hand. I'm not going to raise my hand on the second time with you, with you looking at me, but I don't know how I'm going to know if I don't look. Uh, so we'll, we'll do this maybe again next week. Um, uh, again, so, but we can do more than, than what we think we can, but we have such a tendency uh, to, to want to hand them off to somebody. And I think part of the whole growth about, about counseling somebody is the challenge and growth that comes to us. It's kind of like your narcissistic personality person. As there's somebody you're thinking about talking to, all of a sudden, okay, Lord, I need to think about this more. I need to study. I need to pray about this more. I need to see other, some other books and things. I'm not trying to toot more. And I need to, I need to get Bill a call. I need to see if I can talk with Jamie Fish to see, not can you do it, but can you give me a, a word or two of advice. It's that personal growth that God does in our lives. So uh, anyway. All right, David Bennett, you, uh, David was with me uh, quite a while in biblical counseling. He sat in on uh, a lot of sessions and did all that and then uh, has served there some, uh, you know, in the time that I've been gone. So uh, why don't you Close us in a word of prayer and any words of wisdom you want to give, as long as they're short, brief, uh, before we go.